standing at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. We know that we're about to enter into the din. We're about to be judged where all our actions, all our deeds are put on the two sides of the scale and a verdict is given whether a person is considered a tzaddik or a rasha. And sometimes a person is likely to think that they can be pretty confident. After all, they think of themselves as people who primarily do the right thing. Of course, there are mistakes. No one's perfect. But if it's a question of what's the majority, if it's a question of is most of their activities meritorious or otherwise, so people feel confident that as Shemri Teru Mitzvahs, they think that the fact that they're going to get acquitted from the heavenly tribunal and being inscribed in the books of Tzaddikim is a foregone conclusion. We need to understand that while it's true, there's a scale in Shemaim which measures a person's mitzvahs and his averis. But there's a more penetrating aspect to the din as well. And that is not just focusing on how many Averis a person did. Rather, focusing on the mitzvahs that a person did. But weighing up the mitzvahs a person did against the expectation of what Hashem intended that person to do. Because it's not just a question of doing mitzvahs. When HaKadosh Baruch gave us life and HaKadosh Baruch gave us opportunities, it came with a certain expectation of what HaKadosh Baruch wanted us to accomplish. And therefore, it's true that if it's a question of how many Averis did a person do, possibly there aren't so many. Possibly the amount of mitzvahs outweighs that. But if there's going to be a cheshpun of how many mitzvahs a person did and how much a person accomplished in relation to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expected from that person, then it's altogether a different cheshpun. And this changes our perspective. Because if we're standing in a din, where what we're being judged for is, how do we measure up to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expected from us? How are we so confident that we consider tzaddikim? How are we even meant to know what it was that Hashem expected from us? We say in Rosh Hashanah, it's one of the highlights of the Musaf. The Malachim are trembling. They overcome with fear. Because they said, 
to even judge the army of Shemaim, the Malachim themselves. Because the Malachim also won't be Zeichen Ladin. And why not? Malachim don't have Yetzirah. And Malachim don't have Averis. And if that's the case, if a question of what the Malach did would be weighed up on the scales of right and wrong, what can a Malach do wrong? But if the scale is a scale of did in any being meet HaKadosh Baruch's criteria of what was able to meet. So even in the good that they did, Malachim could fall short from Hashem's expectation. Zayim Kippur, Matara Yasim, Veredov. Hashem will find fault with what Malachim do. And if even Malachim are terrified of the Bredin because they don't feel they've adequately fulfilled Hashem's expectations of them, then we understand why we should also be afraid of the din. But what are we going to do about it? How do we know what Hashem's expectation of us is? And the sentiment described is brought by Rabbi Yen in Shari Chubban. In Shari Shaniya's test, he says, People who are really are tzaddikim, the upright of heart. It roars in their thoughts like a lion would roar. Like the roar of the sea. The fact that they've fallen short in their Avodah Hashem. And if that's what we're being held accountable for, how do we know where to start? What is Hashem's expectation of us? So there's one or two points I'd like to share with you. I don't claim to be a Navi. I have no knowledge of what Hashem's expectation of a person is. But there are one or two directions that we can learn. We can learn and we can utilize this to better understand what Hashem wants from us. Let's learn a Gemara together. We know that the Shavit of the Levim were chosen to be the Shavit of the Avdei Hashem. The Shavit of the Levim were chosen to be the ones dedicated to serving Hashem. What did the Levim do to serve Hashem? The Korbanus had everything to do with the avoid of the Basimidash was the domain of the Karnim. What was left for the Levim? We find two jobs that the Levim were involved in. 
the one was singing when they brought back the carbon every day. There was a choir of Devim and they used to sing when the carbon was being when the carbon was being sacrificed. They brought in the Mizbech. Those Levim were called the Mesherim, the singers. There was a second job which was given to the Levim, and that was to be the gatekeepers and the guards of the base of Mikdash. They would stand at every opening, every entrance. They would be the ones to open the gates in the morning and to lock them at night. They were called the Shayarim, basically the gatekeepers. And the Ravim were even give, either given the one job or the other. But let's say we have a Levi who's been assigned to the ranks of the gatekeepers. But he feels he has a gifted voice and he'll be able to serve Hashem better by singing in the choir. So he wants to cross over to join the Ravim who's singing. Is he allowed to do that? Says the Gemara. Mikvar Halak Rabbi Yishevin Chananya Nasayed Rabbi Yochanan Ben Gudgudah Barachas Hashari. Rabbi Yishevin Chananya was a Levi, and he was one of the Levim whose job was to sing. And he went to help Rabbi Yochanan Ben Gudgudah, who was also a Levi, and his job was to close the gates. So Rabbi Yishevin came to assist him. The gates of the Beis Hamikdash were huge. It took a lot of effort to close them. Rabbi Yishevin came to assist. And what Rabbi Yechon said to him? He said to him, Chazar b'cho. Retreat. Go back to your job. You're one of the singers, you're not one of the gatekeepers. If a person is going to change his job, it's Chayv Misa. Such an extreme punishment. What can we learn from this? What you can learn from this is that violence Hashem that Hashem expects from a person. A person can see it from the place that he's in. The circumstances Hashem gave him. The means at his disposal. That's where you've been placed. That's where Hashem expects if that's where Hashem expects you to serve Him from. And therefore, a person who thinks that I can only serve Hashem if I radically change my circumstances is being a Meshara Shashir. The setting that Hashem puts a person in, the time, the, the place, the surroundings, are there because that's how a person is meant to serve Hashem. Many people daven in Rosh Hashanah. Baruch Hu, if only, if only, if only you would give me a different position. If only you would change the circumstances of my life. If only you would do A or B or C or whatever it's going to be, then, then I'd be able to start serving you. And a tefillah like that is a mistaken tefillah. 
I'm not saying a person can't ask for Hashem to change the circumstances. But the feeling that I can only begin to serve Him in an ideal setting is wrong. The setting that you're in is the setting Hashem expects to serve you from, for you to serve Him from. And therefore the first thing a person has to think about is how much is he serving Hashem from the circumstances that he's in? If that's what he was posted to, if that's the job he was given, then that's where he's meant to serve Hashem from. Let's learn the second Gemara. Fascinating story in Gemara times. And the Gemara talks about the Amara of Raza bin Padas. Raza bin Padas is given the title the Maradar of Israel, the Master of Eretz Israel. And Raza bin Padas, although he was so highly respected as a Talmud Chacham, as a leader, he was extremely, extremely poor. So much so. The Gemara says one time he fainted from hunger. And in his unconscious state, he felt that he was talking to Hashem. And he says, Akadosh Baruch can't you provide me with a little bit more parnasa? I should have food to eat. And let's think, what was Rabbi Loza asking for? Not for luxury. Not for a new car. For enough money to be able to eat. And then, she also thought, can you imagine how much better I'd be able to learn if I wasn't so weak on the point of collapsing from hunger? That's what he asked Sasha. And Hashem tells him, Allah Zabani, I can't give that to you. So what options does he have? Hashem says, maybe we can create the world again. And things, maybe your minds will be different. What does that mean? Hashem can't give Parnassah. Hashem has limitless resources. Hashem sustains everybody. Why couldn't He give Rabbi Laza a bit more parnas? Of course He could. But what Hashem was saying to him is, Laza, this is the tafkid that you were created to fulfill. You were going to become great in Torah, even in a situation of destitution. You're going to overcome the feeling of being the poverty, and you're going to rise to great heights. That's the tafkid which is meant for you. And if you're going to ask for HaKadosh Baruch to change your circumstances, you could. But then you're not being able, given the chance to fulfill the tafkid you're meant to fulfill. And if that's the case, the only answer, Hashem says, is to create the world again. And in all the neshamas, we can reapportion all the tafkidim. 
And the Raza says, in, that, in such circumstances, I don't want that to happen. I'll live with my situation. And Hashem says to him, in the reward of saying that, you're going to be given a tremendous smile in Shema. A tremendous smile in And the principle we see from here. The principle we learn is that a person is meant to serve Hashem in the circumstances Hashem puts him. That's why Hashem put him in those circumstances. It's there because that's the position he's meant to grow from. And when he does, then like Hashem promised Rabbi Laz ben Padas, there's a special award in Adam Abba. It doesn't mean we can't daven. It doesn't mean we can't ask Hashem. What it means is we can't be toilet our willingness to grow or to serve Hashem on external circumstances. Hashem, if you do this for me, if you find me a shidduch, if you get me the position I want, if you organize me a better parasa, then I'll be able to serve you. That's not the right way to look at it. We can ask for all those things. But you meant to serve Hashem exactly with the factors He's given you now. That's the first point. And if you're already thinking in this direction, let's go to a second point. A second idea of understanding what Hashem's expectation of us is. And that is, just like the circumstances that a person is confronted with, we understand that's where he's been posted to grow. So there's another rule too. And that is, something that a person does, that many other people could do too. So he happens to be the one doing it, but it's not necessarily uniquely his job. So okay, you can do it. He's okay. He has the opportunity. But other people could do it too. But those areas where a person is the only one who could do it, those areas where a person is irreplaceable, nobody can do their job instead of him. Then he has to understand this is an expectation Hashem has of him. Because this is something Hashem, so to speak, is relying on Him to do. No one else can do it. And in areas like that, a person is so much more mukhif. An example. Something I always try to find time to do in Erev Rosh And that is, think about are you fulfilling your ikhrais to bring up your children the way Hashem wants? Because as a parent, a father or a mother, there's no one else who can replace you. The children Hashem gave you, 
is a tafkid given specifically to you. No one in the world can replace that. And if that's the case, that's something that a person is going to have to think about. This is uniquely my job. Tailor-made for what I need to do. Am I fulfilling my, my obligation as a parent? And we can expand that as a spouse. Once again, if you're a husband, if you're a wife, there's a role you play where no one else in the world can do. Even if you're a child, your responsibility to your parents, even if they are siblings, and other brothers and other sisters, but still, in the circumstances the child finds himself, it's something which is uniquely this. And yes, the Ramak, the Moshekar, the Vera, the Great Mukubu writes, therefore, a person is judged on how he acquitted his responsibilities to his spouse or to his children much more strictly than his responsibilities to other people. Because in most cases, responsibilities to neighbors, to friends, are not uniquely his own. Other people could step up, to, step up to the plate as well. But your responsibility that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you, which nobody else can replace, that's something which is that much more obligated by Hashem. This principle I always used to explain the argument, so to speak, or the dialogue between Moshe Rabbein and Hashem. Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe, go and take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. I've chosen you. I'm sending you. And Moshe says, Hashem should send somebody else, Hashem. Shlach no biyat ishlach. What is Moshe thinking? Hashem told him, I'm sending you. And the answer is, Moshe thought, it's true Hashem's chosen me, but it's a job somebody else could do too. So it doesn't have to be me. And never said, Hashem, please choose somebody else. I don't want to do the job. And Akash Baruch's answer was, Moshe, there's nobody else. Hashem says, Moshe, I created you to do this job. And therefore, you're going to have to do it. And that's the second part of our cheshbon. Those areas where nobody else can do. That's where there's more of an expectation on us. And if you're talking about people who are close to us, then let's let our mind think a step ahead of that. Let's focus on something else too. Something also a tafkid which is uniquely yours. A tafkid which Hashem is expecting you to fulfill because nobody else can. And that is the tafkid of perfecting yourself. Of raising your level. Of overcoming your midas. Of improving your avas Hashem or your year or your dvekos. Who else can do that? It's a job which is uniquely yours. And it's also going to be part of Hashem's expectation of a person. How much did you improve? Did you work on yourself as much as Hashem expected you to? Did you change yourself as much as Hashem expected you to? That's part of the din too. 
And if that's the case, we understand what the Pyotim say. That coming into Rosh Hashanah, the person is meant to be scared. The person is meant to be terrified. How do I know if I'm going to be able to be acquitted in such a din? How do we know? How do we know if we're living up to Hashem's expectation of us? And if we ask the Kodesh Baruch for the future, for another year of life and health and Hatzlacha, Hashem gives, but it comes with expectations too. But the starting points we have. And that is, we can look to see what Hashem wants us to do based on the circumstances He's put us in. Based on the opportunities that there are for us. We can look to see what Hashem is expecting on us, of us. Based on those jobs which no one else can fulfill. And there's a certain kayak of Tshuva and Rosh Hashanah. And that is, without focusing on where we've been remiss in the past, and without realizing how much we haven't accomplished, we can look ahead. A new year, a new start. And with our resolve, that in the future, we will try more to fulfill Hashem's expectation of us. So then we have the schus to daven for that. HaKadosh Baruch give us another year of life. Another year of sasach, another year of health. Another year of peace. Another year of bracha. Because this year we will be more focused. Not just on doing more mitzvahs than Averis. But this year we'll be more focused on coming closer to fulfilling the expectations that you have of us. I'd like to wish everybody a